0: Thank God. I you know, by the way, I grew up in New Orleans because I listened to every kind of music there was. And so I had a, gr- a grasp of ev- everything from here to there. My dad listened to country, old school country, and my mom was sort of like, you know, pop, sort of jazz stuff.
1: This is musicians can drive. A podcast for anyone seeking to make money in the music industry. Musicians, audio engineers, managers, producers, venue owners, booking agents, everyone across all niches. Welcome. I'm Gabrielle Pittman, and I love music. Listening to it, writing it, producing it. Living, breathing, and all that jazz. Greg Barnhill is a Grammy award-winning songwriter with a passion for telling stories both with his songs and in-between songs. It's a joy to watch him on stage, going back and forth with other musicians. Greg has an equal passion for sharing his knowledge of the music business, whether it's mentoring a songwriter's group, writing a book, or talking with me about what it's like making money as a songwriter. All right, Cool. So I f- want to go back to what you said about how songwriting became your calling card. Was that because songwriting was something that it was just sort of a, I guess, a reflex for lack of a better word? It was just something that came and flowed naturally for you and you gravitated towards?
0: Yeah, there was just a thing that was, it was in my I mean, it was part of me from from birth. I mean, I remember from my early stage singing, trying to sing songs and listening to songs and, you know, and, and listening to music and, and, you know, there was all kind of crazy stuff in my life. You know, we'd go to the, the symphony, you know, my mom and dad, number one, they listened to every kind of music there was. They listened, they had the Beatles, they had Tchaikovsky, they had Dave Brubeck, they had, you know, whatever thing was at the time that was like a, a very popular artists they had. You know what I mean? Ray Charles. I grew up listening to a lot of Ray Charles. And being from New Orleans, you, you get all this influence of the Caribbean. You get all the influence of the, the uh, you know, the almost European kind of stuff. You know what I mean? You get, you get, a, I mean, we, I listened to everything growing up. I mean, I got to listen to just, just great music, man. It was just, you know, cause it was, it was a, it was a melting pot, New Orleans too, as well, of cultures and, So you got to hear all this great music, man. It was like, you know, and you couldn't help but but gravitate toward that and be drawn to it, you know, so.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a great way to get introduced to all kinds of different sounds and flavors. So it sounds like because, as you said, music is food there, and it was so normal for musicians to be working and for that to be a profession, was making money off music something that you knew was an option and didn't really second guess when you decided, you know, this is what I want to do with my life. How did that happen?
0: It wasn't a priority until later. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I was, you know, when I was young and in bands and stuff, we were like, we we're just playing for whatever we make and it wasn't much money. And I, we all had jobs and did other things, but in the back of our mind, we just couldn't wait to get home and practice or go, you know, just get go play someplace or, or it was always the next gig, you know, is what we looked at it. And so, and I really got serious about it. I guess when I was about fifteen or sixteen, you know, in school, people started. You know, they would respond to stuff I'd write. I'd write songs, and they'd go, "Wow, that's great, man!" Everybody play that song again. Like, Can you play a song for us or whatever? And it was like I, you know, became the the minstrel of the school or the um, you know troubadour, whatever you call it. And, uh, basically I would, uh, you know, make, make up these songs, man. And people dug them and I, I didn't, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I did kind of, you know, it was like that space I was in and, but I, but I felt very comfortable being, doing it. If you asked me how I, uh, uh, how, you know, when did it become money-making for me? When did I get serious? But I was about 15, 16, I guess. You know, I didn't want to work a job like, you know, regular job the rest of my life. So I wanted to try to make money some kind of way, you know, and the, I knew the band route was the way to go. So I started playing bass for his country guy and I started just playing, you know, I'd learn, pick up the bass and learn how to play. And, and I, I kind of had a feel for that too, you know, so, I, so I'd play, you know, behind him and I'd be writing songs in, in the meantime, but I was never singing those songs out on stage. I was always the second, I was a secondary guy, always you know playing in the band which is a good thing to know too it's a good thing to be to know how to be you know subordinate you know or just uh, or be, you know to, to not know, know you you know know your place in a band i guess because the, the, the band doesn't function unless it it's a healthy band and a healthy band is not a democracy <laughs> so <laughs> that was kind of what i learned you know and it was a cool thing it was a cool lesson actually you know you know, I might've bucked it at times and I want to play when we play this or whatever. And it was like, you know, but it was the way I made money and I make money on the weekends doing this. So, yeah.
1: Wow. I've never actually heard that a healthy band is not a democracy. I don't have very much experience personally with knowing what a healthy band is or isn't because for so much of my life, I've just been singer songwriter with me and my guitar. Um, so why isn't it a democracy? I'm very curious.
0: Well, you have to have a leader, and somebody has to take t- take you someplace where, where to go. Because a lot of times when you're in bands, it's it's so much so I many. Everybody likes something different, so everybody has. To, it, it's the art of compromise, is what it is. It's the art of compromise in a band, and compromise is king. And you have to kind of respect everybody's viewpoints, and you know, and and, and you just you just have to, or the band doesn't function. It doesn't go on. Somebody leaves and, you know, you're you're ground zero. So you do that a couple of times and you go "Well, you know, you want to have a band at last or to some degree so you can go out and get a job with it. And that's kind of the thing that was, you get, as you got on later in years, you'd go, okay, Hey man, we got to keep it together. You know, you know, I've worked with people that, really, they couldn't, they didn't like me and I didn't like them, but for the good of the band, we would stay together, you know, and, and work, you know, and you just learn how to do that, you know. I mean, I, I'd say I didn't like them, they didn't like me and I guess I just, you know, felt was hurt by that, you know, and I never responded. I was always the, the guy just was like, hey, I head down, let's, let's, you know, I knew, you know, how to, how to make a buck in music, so, and then booking, you know, and that kind of stuff was another whole deal, so.
1: Well, that makes a lot more sense now. So, when you started thinking seriously about music and how you didn't want to do a different kind of job, was there a goal or sort of making it thing that you were aspiring to, or
0: you know, not really, you know? And I think that was a, a kind of a, a magic part of it, you know. I don't think, you know, I think there's a thing in in, in any job or any system. Where de- people smell desperation, or they smell you want it too much. You know what I mean? And it's just like it's really a thing. It's really like an energy. I think you know. And if you are doing all the right things and trying too hard, it's like, well, this guy's, you know, you, you know, you, you you almost put a flag up, you know, for you, for them not to, you know, want you. It's weird. It's a weird energy. But I wouldn't say no. Don't try to improve myself and do what I, you know, make myself the best I could be. But, you know, I never did have that sort of, you know, vision in the future. of Like, hey, man, I'm going to be in a, you know, I always dreamt. Yeah, I had dreams about it, but I never had a, I didn't implement a plan of what of action or how I'm going to get there. You know, I just was doing what I was doing naturally. But I knew one thing about being a musician and it just kind of, I, I knew it before people told me, but then I, they told me, But you always play with people that are better than you because they pull you up and you have to keep up. And so that makes you a better player, makes you a better singer, makes you a better writer. It makes everybody better. It's just one of those things to where, you know, it's the kind of yin and the yang of, you know, being around in a band. And, you know, you have to have both of those uh, things, you know, you have to have the people that want you want to teach you and you have to want to learn.
1: So it sounds like because you had a willingness to learn and a flexibility to just keep on playing music and making money and not really having a set plan or idea for how one thing was going to unfold or another, you were able to take opportunities as they came and build something kind of naturally.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I just, uh, over over time, it just naturally evolved into what it evolved into. And I guess, you know, and I, and this is what I would tell anybody. I'd say if you do something enough and you keep doing it, it's like you, you're putting a brand out there. Okay, what you're doing is you're branding yourself, and you're going, "Hey, I am this. I am this, and I do this. I do this certain style. I do whatever. You know, everything about the brand. You know, you're establishing, and then people start finding out. Um, you know, they start they they start looking at you. Oh, that's a guy that they they start. Everybody wants to put labels on things, but they do. Finally, label they label. He's a good thing. It's like, hey, man, you know, this guy's the guy you want to call because he does this, that, and the other. And so, you know, you get known for something, and so you you know, get known in society in your circles as, hey, the guy who play, he's the musician, plays guitar, and they got to call for a gig. You know what I mean? Call this guy to sing at a wedding. Call this guy to, you know, those kind of things. So you know, uh, but just doing it over and over again and being being that, being becoming that person. And getting out there and doing it and just not worrying about what people think or not worrying about anything. I never worried about what anybody thought, ever. I was too busy doing what I was doing to, to stop and think.
1: What is something that you want to be known for? Is there a part of music that you want to specialize in? It's easy to think about things like social media as a visual representation of a brand you might create for yourself as a musician. The things you do better than anyone else are an even more important part of your brand. And that part is all too easy to forget. In my experience with a few different mentors I've had across the music business, it seems like the people who are consistently working and creating something doesn't matter what kind of music or media it is, but if they consistently do the work and show up and they are flexible and adaptable, that's when someone really has an ability to grow something sustainable.
0: True. Sure. That's very true. Yep. You know, put your head down and you do it. You know what I mean? You just <laughs> you rock through man.
1: So there's this interview that I read of yours from, I think it's Vi magazine. Um, you said that great songs brew, and that's something I've had my own suspicions about for several years. As I've written songs, but I'm curious about what that means to you and how it shapes your songwriting process.
0: What what I'll do is I'll I'll have an idea, you know, and I won't write it immediately. You know what I mean? I like I won't get up and I'll write. I'll, 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 I, may, I may write the title down just so I don't forget it. But I will put that in my mind, and the next t- it, it my mind, like your the, everybody's mind, auto, it's automatically just kind of latches onto it and creatively and, and starts working it without you even knowing it. You know, it's working a clay without you even knowing it, and so you get you get to you know where where you sit down with a pen, pencil and paper and you start messing around with it you got a lot more ideas because you had a chance to think around it a little bit, you know, and what you want to say, how you want to, you know, it just, your mind, it's weird. Your mind, or my mind anyway, does that, you know, takes takes something and just uh, it, it sits on it for a while and, and makes it better. If I, I think if I wrote the song instantaneously, if I just got up and wrote it all down, it there would be a lot of fixes and a lot of stuff, but it seems to me it flows better and it's uh, kind of works itself out, you know, over time if I just put it in the back of my mind, I don't know what the title is. I kind of have an idea what the music was, you know, I may, I may every now and then uh, put a piece of it down in my phone and I find that's a a good exercise and not to stress so much about it's, it's, again, it's like chasing the thing that goes, the more you chase it, the further it goes away.
1: Yeah. I'm honestly very relieved to hear another perspective On that, because I've had my own suspicions throughout my own struggles with writing songs that the ones that I referred to it as letting them marinate. um, But that same kind of idea of where you start something, you get it out so that you don't lose it. And it's okay if you just let it sit and then come back to it for a little while. Because when the song's ready to be born, for lack of a better word, it will be.
0: True. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's the way I've lived my whole songwriting life is that, you know, other than the fact that if I sit down in a rough course, if I'm sitting down in a writing situation with another writer in a writer's room and writing a song, you know, that that's a kind of a practice that, that kind of Nashville invented, you know. And so it's just you, you get in these rooms and you write songs. Of course, it's real building in New York and, and, you know, but Nashville really, I guess, you know, put it to good use more than anybody else. We get in rooms and we write every day and sometimes, you know, sometimes that's a, that's not a good thing. Sometimes, you you, you know, you, you get in a room and you kind of write these songs and and you get in a, this sort of a, uh, you get in a sort of a, a I guess, um, you get on the highway and you can't get off. You know what I mean? You kind of, you keep writing the same sort of songs or whatever and you, you're trying to write for a market. You start thinking about all the wrong things other than what the song's actually about you're trying to write for a market and you get in there. And so that practice sometimes kills creativity versus, you know, inspires it, you know, and I found that for myself, you know, I still do, I still do co-writes and stuff. I do. I love doing that because it's community writing, but to do it every day, like systemically, I mean, like every day you get up and do it, you know, it, it, it tends to wear you down. And I did that for a long time, you know, as a staff writer and I'd get in there and I'd have scheduled appointments and I'd write every day. Inspiration comes when inspiration comes. There's just no two ways about that. The great songs happen when they want to happen. And so you just have to wait for them and catch them.
1: You mentioned that you've been a staff writer and I had a lot of fun looking through that list on your website of various songs that you've written and there's a wide variety of labels that these artists have been on that have recorded your songs. So I'm wondering how that process kind of works itself out. If you were connected by a publishing company you had your own contract with, or if the label, if they individually reached out to you, that's a world I'm not very familiar with.
0: Well, I was signed to Warner Brothers back in the day. Uh, And so I got, I was signed as an uh, artist in production, basically production contract. Um, I never did really make a record per se coming out. They, they, they came, I made records, but they never came out. Let's put it to you that way. We call it the artist protection program. Anyway. Um, the, um, I was, the, yeah, the, initially they kind of started hooking things up. They, they hooked me up with people and, and I'd write with them and we'd either click or we wouldn't or whatever, you know, you just have to, you know, and, but I, I, I've always been this way. I've always been like the chameleon where if a person's in a room and I can vi- get their vibe and, and what they're trying to write, I'll go their way. Because, you know, if they – I'm always interested in other kind of viewpoints and other – you know, I get bored easily, I guess, you know. And so uh, I want to, uh, you know, I want to write other stuff, you know, than what I'm accustomed to writing to. So I was always adventurous as far as a writing thing. And we'd get in a room and I'd find – I'd write with, uh, like – a guy from Ireland or something, and we'd write something. He'd had come from a totally different angle, and I'd just follow kind of his lead and got kind of fill in the blanks and write what he was – help him say what he wanted to say when he was singing and stuff, you know, and try to, you know, find, you know, common ground. And, you know, those are fun co-writes. Those kind of writes are fun, you know. Um, so, I, I, you know, that's basically – the record label would hook it up and publishers would hook it up as well. So other publishers would seek me out after a while, I got a reputation for writing different things and, you know, things that were not, you know, and that's what people look for. They look for something that's going to further the genre versus just, you know, just write the same thing. They want the next thing, you know? And so that's what they, I guess were taking chances back in the day, you know what I mean? And, uh, put me all put me with all these great people. So and it was Pretty fun, actually, you know, because I'm, you know, and being from New Orleans, I had a background and everything. So I could write any style of music, you know, pretty much, you know, or at least be dumb enough to think I could.
1: We've made it about halfway through the show and we're going to have a quick pause. Ads are irritating distractions, so they'll never be part of a Musicians Can Thrive podcast. There are three things you can do that'd be super helpful, though. One, whatever platform you listen to this podcast on, subscribe. Two, share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it. Text it to them, email it, or post it on your favorite social media platform. Three, if you're feeling extra generous, leave a quick review on your favorite podcast platform. I appreciate your support. Back to the show.
0: And I think that's one of the big things. Um, don't be afraid to be – lose your fear of embarrassment. Lose your fear of, of what you want to say. You know, don't worry about that because people – that's how stuff comes out. You know, that's what – that's what that's, the, that's how things happen, man. You just got to – you got to move in a forward direction and not be – you know, and know that there's going to be wreckage on, on the side of the road, you know, from what you've done. You know, you're just going to be – you know, you're not going to always be the great – you know, a great writer or you a know, great performer. It's going to be bad nights and bad days.
1: Mm, yeah. That reminds me of something I heard Keith Urban say. I saw him speak at South by Southwest this past spring, and he basically said something along the lines of, don't be afraid to try something crazy, because you never know if it's going to be the awesome thing that you need. So I'm curious about... It feels like this is just based on my own understanding of the industry. I may be totally wrong, but it feels like in the past, if you wanted to be a songwriter who would have a song cut by an artist at a record label, you needed to have a contract with some sort of publishing company. Is that the case? Has that changed in recent years? What is it like now?
0: Well, they're, they're no, it's still the same actually as it ever was. You know what I mean? And so there are clicks in every business, and there you know clicks, and people tend to go back to the people that, that they they're getting the, the hits from. You know what I mean? Because it's 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 the same thing as a, a a McDonald's opening across the street from Burger King. You know what I mean? Because they're gonna everybody wants to ride in everybody's tailwind, and it's kind of still the same way today. And that's why music sounds a lot. You, you hear a lot of the same sounding stuff that happens, in especially the country world or whatever where any any world that gets popular in pop music, you'll hear the same sort of sounds being replicated, you know. And it's just human nature, you know, to do that. And, you know, there was a saying a guy taught me told me a while back and he said he said, watch what everybody's doing and, and don't do it. That's how you stand out. Within reason, of course. I mean you gotta keep you have to keep commerciality in mind. To some degree, you know, something people are going to remember, something that's going to be memorable, but different. You know, don't be afraid to, you know, to stretch and do something. I I would start on the outside and work back in versus the inside and working out. You know, and what I mean by that is don't, you know, don't go with what you're comfortable with. Go to the edge and then work back to what you're comfortable with. And you know what I mean? And so or, or what's common or what's, you know, work back toward commerciality, you know. So you know, it's always a good thing to, you know, kind of start there. And, and that's where you find the, the, the good fruit, you know?
1: Mm. Yeah, it's a very interesting way to put it. I like that approach. I'm wondering, this is something I've noticed with a lot of other artists and songwriters among my peers, but also just people that I've looked up to. There's this struggle between, I mean, you pointed out earlier, trying to write a song that is commercial, but also still being true to your artistry and not overly writing something that's commercial. I'm wondering how do you approach that? How do you balance those two things
0: well, you have to write what you love. You know what I mean? You have to write what you love and then take, you know, take the best parts of that. And, 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 you know, you know, you, you're going to find out when you get out and you play these songs in front of people, what they gravitate toward, you know what I mean? And so, and, and one important thing I'd like to say is, is, and I say this to, to a lot of people when I teach classes. I say, if you don't worry about what people think and, and, and the, the reason I say that is write what you write because he's, the, a guy told me a long time ago, 50% of people are going to love you for no reason. People, people, 50% of the people are going to hate you for no reason. Just service the people who love you. You know what I mean? And that's the, you know, you just worry about that. That's what you have to worry about. And so you find out, you get out and you write songs, you play them out in the public, you know. Some people are not going to like them. They're not going to like them no matter what, you know what I mean? Some people are going to love, love them, you know what I mean? But you have to, you, you know, you just have to, Get a consensus and a feel for them in front of people, and that's why writers' nights are great. You know, getting doing a local local writers' night, going out and playing these songs, and and you know the the thing is the, the artistry thing with the uh, commerciality thing. I mean, I would just the way you handle that is you just write the best songs you can write. You know, and that's that's what's going to separate you from the pack. You know, you just put out the best thing you can. And if you know a song's not hitting you or, you you know, don't, don't try to even do it. You know what I mean? Don't even do that. Do the songs you love and, you know, don't try to force a song that you think, you know, is not great for people to see if people like it because it's just going to tarnish your brand when you get out and play it live. But you play, play it out live is the way you find out, you know? It's the way I found out how people like stuff, you know?
1: I think that's definitely one of my favorite things about open mics because you don't have the pressure to do a whole set. You can just take your current most favorite song or two and see how the audience responds. Yep.
0: Yeah. And, you know, what? And, and then once you know what people like, you start crafting songs that are more like that. If you want to, you know, get people, if you're, if you want to, you know, now, there's two modes of songwriting. There's was well, many modes of songwriting, but the two main modes are, am I, am I writing for the public, for the public to dig this? Or am I writing this for myself? And it's a personal song and it's just self-expression for myself. You know what I mean? And so there's two thoughts, two schools of thought there, you know. But, but I mean, you know, one can be the other. But the thing is, is I, you know, I tend to write what I, what is pertinent to me. And I know commerciality. So I sort of steer it that way with it, with my, you know, with what I've learned, my skill. And I, uh, you know, I try to write, be true to myself, you know what I mean? And write things that I, I like to, that I know I sing the best and I, And
1: you'll play the best, so. Yeah, that's a great strategy. Thank you for sharing that. No, no problem, No. So my first encounter with you was at the Listening Room Cafe in Nashville. And I heard you tell this story about the song Walk Away Joe and how it ended up changing your career and your life. And I'm wondering if you would share that story so that the people listening to this podcast can know.
0: No, I can tell you real quick. Um, basically, you know, I was writing a, a songs with a guy one day, and it was co write, but he's a friend of mine. He's a good friend of mine. It wasn't, wasn't like a, we were just thrown together to write. We chose to get together and write, and I went over to his house, and we'd written a couple of ditties. We'd just written things that were like just not, just like, com- like you know, trying to write commercial stuff, and it just wasn't paying off. So um, I, I started. Uh, I, I just like inspiration comes when it comes. And so I, I, you know, the pen was in hand and the and words started coming. So I wrote them down and f- for some reason he didn't feel like writing anymore that day. He said, Hey man, let's, let's call it a day. You know, and I said, well, can I keep this? You know, can that's proper etiquette to ask your co-writer. if, Hey man, can I hang on to this? And if I, can I keep it and use it for something later on? Yeah. And he said, yeah, fine. You know, so I took the, back then it was cassette, you know, and I took the cassette and I, um, same thing happened with me and Vince Melamed where Vince and I were writing one day and we just, we started kind of, we we're mauling around and we, he would just, you know, we, we were like, look, fishing for something. He was looking for something serious to write, you know, it seemed, it just felt, it felt like the, the mood was that way. And so he started playing something on the piano and I said, wait, I got this, I got this piece of, you know, song, a piece of song I got uh, from a while back and I presented it to him and he'd say something and I'd say something. And the next thing you know, we had, you know, in about forty-five minutes, we had this great song, and that's how quick it happens when it's when it, when the inspiration is there. And so, um, there's this theory, you know, about there's these ideas that are swirling around you. It's a big vortex of ideas that are just swirling around you, and every now and then, they, you know, you dip into it, the stream of of goodness, and all of a sudden, things come out of it. People invent things, and people write songs, and people, you know, whereas it just comes out of nowhere, you know, you, you know it's. Another it comes from another place, and so anyway, um, we're sitting there, and that other place showed up, and it was like we sat there and wrote the song, and forty-five minutes. We knew we had something great, but we didn't know where to put it, you know, cause we, because because we were writing, we were writing for the country market at that time, and so you know, we're just trying to figure out where where's it going to fall because nothing there was nothing like it out there, and we 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 jumped on our we we jumped on that rule and didn't know it about you know, watch what everybody else is doing and don't do it but we didn't intentionally do that. We just tried to write a great song. And so we were talking about the way, the way the title came about was I was trying to write a song about a walkabout, which was like a a homeless person in Australia, basically they call walkabouts, you know, so they call. And so, and I, and, and I slung, I don't, I don't know how we got there, but we got to walk away Joe and it just stuck. It was like, wow, it's just kind of, we just made it up and coined a phrase, you know? So we sat there and we wrote the song, and, and, and uh, next thing you know, uh, it's on hold for uh, for uh, um, Winona, and Winona th- that was big at the time, Winona Judd, and so uh, it was on hold for about six months. And so it's like that's kind of crazy because normally songs aren't on hold, hold that long, you know. And so we're waiting, 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 and she drops the song, and we're thinking, well, you know, we figured as much. We knew it was a great song. You know, to us, it was great. And next thing you know, Trisha Yearwood picks it up. And so she just came off of, of a big hit call. She's in Love with a Boy. And she picked the song up. And the next thing you know, a friend of mine says, Hey, man, we cut a song you're not going to believe. And Don Henley's singing on it. And it was just like, wow, man, everything happened. Like, surreal. It was just like how it all happened. It was like a dream. It was like an unfolded, you know. And it, was, it just got really just, everything got big before our eyes. It was like, wow, man. And the next thing you know, I'm watching the, the Grammys, and, and she's singing the song in the Grammys with and Don Henley, who I, one of the guys I listened to growing up. So it was just really nuts, man, how it all happened, you know. And it was a, an amazing experience. I mean, I wish everybody, could every songwriter could feel that experience, you know. And, and it's not impossible that they, that they won't.
1: Mm. Just got to hang on to the good pieces when you've got them.
0: Yeah, that's it exactly. Yeah, you have to keep uh, you keep your antenna up.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. What an incredible story! I grew up listening to Don Henley before I even knew who Trisha Yearwood was, and when I found out he'd also sang on that song, I just kind of it was one of those starstruck moments where you're like, "Wow, that song's even better than I originally thought it was."
0: Yeah, it's so crazy, you know, to to, to think about that, you know, now. But I remember hearing on the radio and everything, and just to, you know, just all the, just it was just like well, it, it, it was it was overwhelming, you know. Really, it was like oh, this is what I worked for all my life, and now it's coming to fruition. And and instead, you know, and it's it, you know, it, 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 you know it, it stayed true to the adage of keep your head down and you'll get there. And so that's what I did. I just kept my head down. I kept working. I kept writing songs. I just kept doing what I, repetitive, doing what I was doing. You know, trying new things all the while while I was doing it. You know not just staying stagnant and writing the same thing, trying to write different things, stretching.
1: So there's a song of yours called, I Know Who I Am. And I've found a recording of it by Leona Lewis and it's a beautiful song. Thanks. And you're welcome. And it was mentioned that the song was possibly cut by Beyonce, but it seems like she dropped it. So I'm wondering what it's like dealing with changes when you think that someone's going to record a song that you've written and maybe it's really awesome and exciting. And then that changes and the new person still does a great job, but how you handle those things.
0: Well, you know, you know, when nobody's going to cut the song and you hear Beyonce is going to do it and all and this is like, you know, it's like, dangling the candy bar, man, it's like, Oh God, this is, you know, it was great. And then it's gone away. You, you have a bit of depression. There's nothing there. You know, to catch you, you just go, Oh, well, you know, it was, it was nice. It was nice knowing that, uh, Beyonce wanted to cut the song, you know, but, uh, and then, but Leona Lewis picked it up and it, it was, you know, and then it got put in a Tyler Perry film and it was the end credit of the movie, which was great. You know, we love that. And, um, uh, we just, uh, you know you just you never know where, where it's going to go you know it's just like and you got to take it as it comes you know you never you never can count on a song even if somebody puts it on hold that it's going to be uh, on the record or if they even fall in love with it i mean i've had people say this is great we're going to cut it absolutely we're going to cut it yes absolutely absolutely get to the record politics come to play you're off the map you know you you know so somebody else comes in and you know and you you have to just deal with it you just go well that's just how it goes you know and you have to you know you don't get yeah, i used to get mad about it back in the day and get upset about it but after a while you go you know that's just that's how the game works that's how it is you know you know you just have to show up every day to um show up every day to uh to win the prize eventually and that's a lot that's what i do it's just a good thing you just do it every day and you know it's my life's work and you what i do and to go back to to another thing of how I started in, in venturing, um, I actually started in writing jingles. You know, back when I first started, really writing songs for commercial uh, for a commercial venture. A friend of mine and I was in a band with in Louisiana, in Mississippi actually. In Louisiana, well, Louisiana borders Mississippi right near New Orleans, and right across the border there were all these bars on the coast in Mississippi, and we'd play down there. Well anyway all the guys from new orleans would go over there they had houses and stuff over there so so anyway we'd uh we were we're playing down there one day and i go over to his house and and we he had a little studio and you know an old drum machine and so what we do is we would uh, uh we we were driving one day and we passed a, a, a car dealership we said man we could write jingles we could do this and we just stupidly thought we could do this you know what i mean and so we uh we, uh, he had this giant drum machine, it was like an Oberheim or whatever. It was gargantuan, and it didn't even sound like a drum machine back then. It was, doom, 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 doom. it was like that kind of thing, you know. It was like, so we uh, we wrote this little jingle for the for for a car dealership, and it was, come and drive a Pontiac, and you're gonna see why at Schuford Pontiac is where you want to be, Shuford Pontiac. So we went down to the dealership, and we we um. We, we walked in and the first guy told us to leave and we didn't refuse to leave. I, you know, I knew that from sales, you know, walked around, talked to another guy and we got to see the guy, the main guy and the main guy liked what we did. He, he said this was, yeah, I, mean, I love this. This is great. You know, and so, you know, about three days later, we got a call from an ad agency. We didn't know about ad agencies or anything. And all of a sudden the ad agency went, wait, a, wait a second, guys, you're trying to steal our clients and this, that and the other. And we didn't know what we were doing. You know, we just walked in with a, with a you know, cassette tape, you know, and played it for the guy. And so, you know, um, long story short, it went from, the conversation went from we're going to sue you to, hey, man, if we sent you some stuff, can you, could you help us out with this, these other projects? So we kind of backed into things. We didn't even realize it. We backed into things and we started doing jingles. And, and that was my first, um, um, experience of writing, it, there's an art to writing within a box, you know, where you got parameters that you have to write within, you know, and so that's what I, you know, that's what I learned, I learned that's the first experience of writing, uh, controlled writing, you know what I mean, like when you write in a, in a, in a system like a, like, you know, for, for Nashville or whatever, when you, you know, so it was a good, good training for that, I didn't even realize it, So, um, you know, we went on from there to be pretty successful and write jingles in the local New Orleans and in that region, you know. So, but then, you know, I got picked up at Warner Brothers a couple years later and um, as an artist uh, in development. And so, you know, that, you know, it was pretty, you know, strange how that came to play and how it kind of pre trained me before I even got to Nashville. So, so I got a little bit of a head start, I guess.
1: Yeah. What an interesting experience to have. I know that you have a couple songs that were in TV shows, or like the song that was in that Tyler Perry movie, and you write jingles for things like it was a CBS show and a couple of other things like that. That's a relatively new way of making money off music, and I'm curious how that's worked out for you and what your perspective is on how that's beneficial.
0: It's worked out great because you know because number one, it's a great medium because it gives a lot of it gives a lot of exposure to artists that wouldn't be exposed otherwise. You know what I mean? Because you know, radio is a tough game. It's a very tough game. You have to be in the system. It's a system. You know, it's a it's you know it's a you have to be in the system, and that's all there's to it. But you have a chance in radio and TV because they're always looking for something next, different, new, cool thing. You know what I mean? And so my thing as a songwriter is there's, is a, there's two fold, it's twofold here. Get noticed. You know, if you can get in a show like that and you get noticed, you have to immediately back it up with, with, with dates and, 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 sh- and, and show up places in play and say, Hey, I did this, you know, and that's what you, you kind of do. You know what I mean? You play off of that. So, uh, you know, the thing is is it's not it's it's very uh, it's, a, it's a very good opportunity to get to get discovered. But once you're discovered, making that into a life, making that into a, you know, a, 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 something you do the rest of your life is up to you and what you have to do with it marketing wise.
1: I see. So, when you say follow it up and play off of that, do you mean scheduling shows for yourself to play the songs in?
0: Mhm. Exactly. Once you're noticed, you use that as a as a springboard. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't take advantage. You'd be surprised at the people that don't take advantage of it and get out and work hard and just you know, some people just get glory struck or something, you know, for a minute. They get like, Wow, man, this is all happening, it's great. But when they should be like, Hey man, I gotta book some dates now and, and go and play while while this thing's hot, while I get out there and play off of it, you know. If it's in a movie or something like that, you know, that's a You know, it's a great way to get to develop your career.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Sounds like you just got to keep compounding on that momentum,
0: especially if you're the singer, you know.
1: I'm wondering what the biggest challenge has been for you as you've found different ways to make money off of music.
0: Well, gosh, I man! It's like challenges every day. You know, you get up in in this, in this business. It's going to become become fraught with challenges. You just get up and you, like I said, you move. Head, you, you don't let them stop you. That's the thing. You don't let the challenges stop you. You just keep going, and you, that's the only the only way out is through in this life, I guess. You know, and so you have to kind of keep in forward motion, and that's what I that's why I look at it. It's a healthy way of looking at it. You know, you keep keep rocking. Don't, don't don't ever stop doing what you're doing. And that's pretty much the way I you know I, I handle challenges. You know there's stuff every day it's going to happen, but you got to don't get emotionally tangled in that. You know you get you got to get keep keep your mind on what you're doing and keep doing it. You know because it will distract you. That's made to distract you. You know. And so you know you got to do what you do every day and what what you use the gifts you're given.
1: Yeah. That definitely resonates. I'm wondering if there's been a time where you ever considered not having a career in music and how you moved through that.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure was. Yeah. And uh, as a matter of fact, in the mid 90s, I moved down to Florida with the full intention of trying to get out of the business. I mean, really, I was like, I was just sick of, you know, because it's, it's, it's always cycles. Everything is in, goes in cycles. But you know, after a while, it's some, sometimes the cycles are long. They're not; they're, they're uneven cycles, by the way. So they're they're like long cycle. Then there's a bunch of good short ones, and then there's a, a, another kind of mid-sized one. And then but that's how, they, how they, they come like waves, you know. And so you have to kind of just be able to know that that's the cycle, you know. So I'd be in a, like a long cycle, and after I was I was in one of those down cycles, like where nothing was kind of going on. I couldn't. Get arrested, and I just went. You know, I'm done. With, I'm done with getting those every day, and I'm just want to get. I just want to get out of here. You know what I mean? And so I moved to Florida. Well, in doing that, when I moved to Florida, I got a house on the beach with some of the money I'd made, and I kind of lived it up for a while. Well, in the meantime, people were kind of forgetting about me in Nashville and forgetting where I, you know. They're kind of like you know, well, he moved to Florida. You know what I mean? So you're you're discounted almost automatically because you weren't here. You know. Kind of must be present to Wintown, you know, in a way. So, and there are people who make regular trips here who, that are successful. I mean, I'm saying that's not the case, but, um, but I moved down there to, I, I kind of, you know, got mad at Nashville and just left because I was fed up with the corporateness of it, the whole way it had become, you know, and just, I, I and I didn't, you know, and, and I wasn't getting noticed anymore either, you know. So what was I doing here? You know what I mean, kind of thing. Or I thought I wasn't. That was my my mind telling me this. So I moved down, and people started forgetting about me a little bit. And I went, "Well, geez, I mean, you know, and you know." But I kind of blew it off. And the next thing you know, I'm you know, I'm about uh, you know four three or four years down there, and I get back to I moved back to Nashville because things didn't work out down there, and moved moved back and. Uh, People kept thinking I was still in Florida, and you know, I couldn't convince them I'd moved back here. You know, it was like just weird. Everybody, hey, you still in Florida? And you know, every time, I'd three or four years after I'd moved back to Nashville, people asked me that. And so I'd gotten out of the system, and so I had to get back into the system then that I was in. And though I disdained the system, I knew that that was where my money was going to come from. And so I had to get back into it. And it's, you know, it's not the most ideal system in the world to be a part of, but I'm, I'm thankful for the success I've had in it, you know. But but the the thing is, I guess, you know, is I, I was lacking gratitude, I guess, back in the day for that, you know. And it, But, you know, I see gratitude in what you got to find gratitude about things, you know, and be thankful for stuff, you know, and go, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad this happened, you know, and be at peace with it you know and so where you you know i'm still it established me is what it did they gave me they gave me a name and a and a marquee you know where they know even today they'll call me for something and they know i can deliver and i can do that and it's just a matter of honing your skill enough it's not anything magical or it's just that i've kept doing this for so many years that i know where all the you know where the moving parts are
1: If there was any advice that you would give to someone who's trying to figure out what they want to do in the music industry, or we can go as specific as songwriting, it's up to you, what would you tell them?
0: I would tell them go with their strengths and what they're good at. Okay, now look, take, take an inventory of just like, are you a good guitar player? You know, are you, would, you be, would you be better off as a, as a musician playing? You know, are you, you know, and sometimes people around you let you will kind of let you know that. And you, have, you can't get your feelings hurt by it. because you're a great guitar player, but a hell of a bad writer. You know what I mean? And you never are going to, and you never really write anything that's, you know, or according to what the people around you, it's just not, you know, happening. Then you, you don't be afraid to be a musician and do that because then maybe you're calling, you know what I'm saying? And the, and the same thing goes for the person who's timid and not about, showing their words to somebody because some of the most brilliant people are some of the most timid people I ever met in my life. You know what I mean? And so are some of the most reclusive, you know, and they emotionally protect themselves, you know, from anything. And so, but I would, you know, I put myself out there because I I know we're, we get, in, we've been in the room together so much, uh, us as songwriters, we get in the room and I say, we don't need a therapist because we all, we, we pour out our problems in the room while we're there and write a song about it. So it's true. It really is. We use, like why pay somebody you know hundred something bucks an hour to, and you can go write a song about it and feel just as good. Take an inventory of what you're good at and what style. you're If you're a songwriter, which style you're good at. Don't try to do something that's out of your, out of your range or that you're not that you're not comfortable with. Just do what you do. And do it to the best of your ability. I don't. I'm not saying don't explore. I'm just saying. Realize that. Just know that's a, you know, make it a kind of a signpost. To get better at anything, it's repetition, repetition, repetition. You've got to keep the writings the same way, playing it in front of people, getting out doing writer's nights, you know. And there's so many ways of making money in the music business other than just radio. Everybody thinks to try to get on the radio, but there's so many other ways to make money.
1: What would you say are some of your favorite ways that you can make money off music?
0: Well, you know, commercials, uh, I do a lot of those things. It was always fun because of writing in a box, uh, you know, um, you know, I, I've done everything from corporate films to you scored, you know, like write, do the underscore and writing for corporate films that those kind of things to, you know, um, you know, writing music for somebody's wedding, writing, uh, you know, uh, music therapy for like, for like, uh, people that are, you know that are in that can't come out of their house. That are older. You know, it's sort of like they have home care. Well, you can go. You know, make a living being a home care musician if you wanted to do that. I mean, there's a lot of ways of making money and supporting yourself while you're, you know, wanting to become an artist or whatever you're doing, whatever your goals are. So there's so many. There's tons of ways of doing it. And, you, and what I what I do is I I sit around and I think of ways to. You know, I invent ways. If if there's not a need, invent a need. And I was just taught that, you know, a long time ago. And so you just kind of, you figure it out, you know, you just have to get sit down and go, hey, I got to, if I want to make money at this and make a living, I've got to find a way to support myself doing it. And there's so many ways of doing that. You know, it's just putting your thinking cap on, you know, I'm, I'm going to write a book one day about how, about all this and how to do it and lay it out, you know, and pretty much tell my story about how, I've, you know, how, how, I've, Bounced around and made money doing all kind of things, you know. I mean, everything from writing, you know, a song from for somebody's to, to for him to sing to his wife or to play for his wife. To, I mean, whatever, you know, I'm, you name it, you know, and for money, you know. I mean, there's tons of ways of making money. And one thing I could say to to anybody out there, I would say, hey man, you can do. I I would I would say. Use Nashville, LA, and New York as a resource centers. You know what I mean. But but do do your do your good thing where you are, and you'll be discovered, even more so than if you came to Nashville, New York, or LA, because everybody's in line here, and you just have to get in the line. But if you're, you, there is no line where you are, you know what I mean. You just invent it and you and you and you find a way to to get yourself in the in the you know to become popular, you know via social media, via getting on local TV shows and radio shows and doing things and getting known for what you do, you know, and don't not, and being, and there's a saying, and I live by this saying, And it says, appoint yourself king and you're king until proven otherwise, you know? And if you appoint yourself king or queen of what you do, everybody else goes, well, you must be, you know, if I walk in a room and I get a suit on and I say, I'm a lawyer. Well, people will go, "Well, you must be a lawyer. You know what I mean? Well, you know what I'm saying? Until I prove myself that I'm not, that I'm not. But if I've got the goods and, I'm, and I'm, not, I'm a lawyer, you know, hey, man, you know, that's kind of the way it is. And that's how life works. You know, it's branding.
1: That's so interesting. So you don't think it's necessary for someone to live in a specific city to have a shot at doing something successful with music?
0: I would say and, until you get to a point to where you're ready to move to that city, I would not do I wouldn't do that because... It'll save you a lot of heartache and a lot of, a lot of um, it, you know, it's just I'm sure everybody goes to the, the machine here and we all went to the machine we all celebrate that. We all didn't really have to go to the machine after it was all said and done. You know, I could have, you know, I, I, I got pulled up here because I got pulled into a, a, I got picked up by a record label. And so that's one of the things that's why I came to Nashville. But I really, would have happened. I mean, in some sort of sense, I wouldn't have stopped doing what I'm doing. I would have become somebody who made money in my own community and kept doing what I was doing, you know, because I just naturally gravitated toward, Hey man, I, I, you know, I got to make money at this and find a way to do it. And it's just figuring it out and wanting it bad enough and wanting to figure out how I can, how I can make money with this. And once you do that, you, the, the ways will make themselves evident to you. It's not any mystical thing. It's just the energy of the, that's how it all works. You know, if you have a, you know, if you're a mechanic and you start messing with cars and stuff, the next thing you know, you're going to, you know, you wind up working in a mechanic in a, in a, in a place where, you know, you fix cars. I mean, it's just one of those kind of natural evolutions of anything you do, you know, and, but, the, but the trick is, is staying at it and not and being vigilant and being, keep doing what you're doing always. And then people are going to brand you and get to know you as that person, and then you're going to be pulled into circles, and you're going to naturally come come into being, you know, who you are, and who you will be. Don't let anything get you down, you know. Don't let don't let something try to steal your dreams, and and, and you know, because you got a right, you've got a license to do what you do. You gave your you gave yourself a license to do this, you know. You have a license. So don't be afraid to go out and, and stand up and be who you want to be, you know, and who you are, you know what I mean? And so you keep doing that and, and you do it in day in and day out and, and the rest will follow.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That thing where once you start doing momentum, it just kind of keeps rolling if you keep working at it.
0: still doing it you know i'm still i'm just, hey i'm still in the same boat as the beginning you never get out you never get away from the learning part or the uh you know it's always new every day he gets up and things have changed and systems have changed and so you know it's still you know i'm just thankful to still be in the game and doing this you know keep rocking you know gratitude is an important thing too you know be thankful for you know, like the things that have happened to you and and don't lean so much on the negative things like oh man, when's this gonna happen or you know, it's thankfulness is almost like a, a propellant, you know, it helps you get to where you're going, you know, and it's just like it, you, to be angry about stuff all the time is just get you nowhere, you know. I got angry for for a hot minute and it was like okay, you know, this ain't gonna work, <laughs> so you don't you know it's you know, it's just the way the system's set up, and you, and you have to work within systems. You know, and develop your own system. You know, one other thing I would say is for the traveling, for the for the performing musician and songwriter is to you know, in your area to get big in your area, do a circuit and keep doing that circuit over and over again around your region. You know, and don't make the region too big. Don't try to bite off the, 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 don't try to bite off a whole part of te- the whole state of Texas stay in San Antonio and go go around San Antonio and play places play Austin play things that are within the sphere of, of San Antonio you know what I'm saying so you know I would say you know anywhere you are you you know you, you know you can make yourself happen if you just keep doing things and then people will come find you and make a big enough noise, that's how uh, Dave Matthews happened. That's how you know any of these other bands you've heard in the past. You know, all the way back to Billy Holiday, they toured, 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 and that's how the people found them. You know, but they didn't have to tour as much as uh, like today. You wouldn't have to tour as much because of social media. And then you fire up all those people and everybody in, in your social media and stuff, and that's you know, it's gold, man. I mean, it's a it's a golden opportunity today that that I didn't have back in the day. You know. But I had those tools back in the day. It made it, it made it just a lot quicker. But it also makes the lifespan quicker too. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, you're more, it's more of an ADD kind of world these days than a, you know, really is. Then, you know, it's moving faster.
1: Got the attention span of what, three seconds?
0: Exactly. And you have to capture them. And that's important, that's why even now you have to write the most hookiest thing at the top, you know, and put it at the top so, so people, it catches people's attention. And you got to back it up with with, a substance, you know, so
1: please check the show notes for links to find Greg Barnhill's music, social media, and all that fun stuff. One last thing before you go today, as you know, there are techniques, strategies, and routines that work best for different people. With that in mind, I encourage you to consider this considering where you are right now, today, the skills and specialties you have the network you've built in your local area. What can you do to make a ruckus within your home base? How can you simply start doing something every day to make yourself a better musician and maybe build an audience at the same time?